What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, a podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the show. This is episode 40, which features Bill Sanders. Bill is a certified financial planner and a certified divorce financial analyst. I got to be honest with you, I think this one is lacking a little bit, and that is not Bill's fault. Uh, That is my fault. There is still good info in here, but I think I should have come with more specific questions about post-divorce finances. And I did ask you guys if that's what you wanted me to focus on. Uh, That was the overwhelming answer, but I should have asked you for more specific questions. So what I'm going to do and I've already spoken to Bill about this, is I'm going to have him come in and do a Q&A with us. Uh, that will be, of course, for warriors only. Uh, majority of the Q&As are for warriors only. If you want to become a, a warrior, you go to risingphoenixpodcast.com, click on Buy Me a Coffee, and that'll take you to where you need to be to sign up to become a warrior. As you all know, $5 a month, $50 a year. Uh, you also get access to listening parties, which we haven't done in a while, but we will soon. Uh, it also gives you access to texting. I text now Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Monday is motivational. Wednesday is quotes. Friday is anything and everything. I, I, it's, I call it randomness. Sometimes it's uh, going to be a link to a funny YouTube video or uh, a dad joke maybe or Maybe some more motivational shit. Maybe another quote. I don't know. I haven't settled on a theme for Friday, so I'm just going with randomness. But um, thinking out loud, maybe I'll make it funny shit just because we all could use a laugh from time to time. So I don't love this one. That's just me being honest. But I think there are some good nuggets in here. I think Bill is a good guy. I think he will help us. I will be hopefully partnering with him and a slew of other people via the website that's upcoming. So while this isn't the best one I've ever done, certainly, it is a foundation for things to come. And like all of these, if you have specific things, obviously the Q&A is coming up, but if there are specific things for specific guests or specific questions, just get a hold of me. You know how to do that. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm in the, the Divorce Support for Men Facebook group. I'm in the Men's Divorce Support Rising Phoenix podcast group on Facebook. And of course, I'm in our Discord server. So you know how to get a hold of me. So if there's anything specific you want to discuss, just let me know. And I will do my best to find someone to speak to those things. And the next few coming up, and I'm not sure of time frames and stuff, but the last five I've recorded, I feel really excited about getting it out there. And they will be out. I promise you that. Here we go, episode 40. Joining me today is Bill Sanders. Uh, Bill is a CFP and a certified divorce financial analyst. Uh, Bill, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became to uh, work in this particular field? Well, thank you, uh, Michael. I appreciate that. Um, You know, I have been fortunate that I have not been divorced, um, but uh, I had a family member that went through Uh, just a devastating situation uh, that drew me in and created a passion within me to help others in this area. And uh, my, uh, this loved one was, uh, was married for 17 years with five kids. And um, 
found out that her husband was headed in a different direction. And basically, she had no warning. Um, and uh, it was just uh, really, really a surprise. And um, from that, she ended up on food stamps. Uh, she ended up losing the house. Uh, their house was foreclosed on. Uh, and uh, so it was just one thing after the other. And as a financial advisor, I had been in the business already, oh goodness, 18 or 19 years. And without hesitation, I would have done whatever I could to help this person. And unfortunately, I just kind of felt a little bit at a disadvantage because I didn't have any specific designation that, that really was entrenched in the divorce process. And so um, after this process, and actually that divorce ended up dragging on for about four years. Uh, and in the process of that whole divorce, I ended up going back to school, getting my designation and, and testing out. And I keep all that, you know, current now, but um, that's when I got the certified divorce financial analyst. And that was about 14 years ago. And wow. so, um, you know, I think it's all, it's important that, that people realize that there are some specific training that, that we receive in this area uh, of designation. Uh, although the CFP, obviously I have that and I've had that since the late 80s, but um, uh, this gives a little bit uh, of a better insight and respect to the divorce process. Gotcha. Okay, well, let's let's jump into um, sort of the, the, the heart of the matter. And um, you know, I, I, we want to talk a little bit about post-divorce. That's uh, what the guys indicated. But I do want to talk about some of the mistakes that are made in general, whether that be uh, pre-divorce where you, you know it's going to happen, but you still uh, it's coming and then post-divorce. But, but let's focus in on the mistakes that that you maybe you have seen or, or you are aware of that are being made in the in the pre-divorce. Um, you know. And that's just not to to pick on uh, any particular, you know, husband wife. Because sure. I've had both both cases where um, one of the spouses is emotionally attached to the home, mm. and you know, all of a sudden, you're in most financial situations, you're going from um, supporting one household, and many times people are supplementing that lifestyle with credit cards and they're living beyond their means already. And all of a sudden, uh, one of those spouses is emotionally attached, feels like that's the only consistency in their life and that the kids need the house. Right. And, you know, it's like the old saying goes, you know, it's not the house, it's, it's what you make it as a home for your family. And I, I know that's easier said uh, than done, but that's one of the faults that I found that financially speaking, they could be shortening uh, the strength or uh, weakening the strength, let's say, of their long-term financial plan by holding on to something like a home that all of a sudden, based on their alimony and the, and the financial outlook of their situation, it just not in a, in a million years would I recommend them to own a house of that value and a house payment and all the taxes and, and upkeep and everything else. So that's the, that's the main one that seems to come up the most, to be honest with you, is somebody's normally emotionally attached to the home. 
during the process, um, I think the best advice that I could give in that respect is for people to stay open-minded. You know, um, I've seen divorce cases fall into three, when it comes to the financials, it's mainly three different categories. Um, one being that there's sufficient assets um, in, the, in the household to where it's, um, it's not all based around alimony. You know, and again, in most cases where, you know, I've seen one of the breadwinners have the superior income and they're on the hook for the alimony, in most cases I've seen where they want some way to not be on the hook for a lifetime alimony. And so, again, uh, I've had everything from a, a front end, what we call a front end loaded, a hybrid, or there's just no assets whatsoever. They've been married 20 years. And again, you know, 17 is a big deal in Florida. Uh, you know, and then the only thing that, that, that the other spouse can hold on to is alimony. So uh, obviously that would be the extreme case where there's absolutely nothing to split. Right. Uh, the hybrid would be uh, a kind of a front end loaded. I'll refer a case without names. Um, sure. I mean, you know, actually the, the husband was an attorney um, he bought his, his uh, soon-to-be ex-wife uh, a townhouse as part of his settlement. He wanted to stay in the family home that had been in his family for many years. Um, he was able to do that. He actually borrowed against his inheritance uh, to, to make all that happen. But he was dead set on staying in the family home. And uh, that probably surprised the guys because most of them, oh, yeah, the women are so emotionally attached to the house. No. Nope wasn't the case. So we were able to get her a home set set up, her budget. Um, we even had her evaluated psychologically, or uh, I'm sorry, not psychologically, career-wise. There was a career placement person that said, okay, she's acting as a, um, a receptionist right now, getting paid 12 bucks an hour or something. And the woman had a four-year degree in a field that we felt like she could make 45 or 50 grand. So that was brought to the table and into the mix. And basically, uh, we were at a position at where he, you know, he set her up in a homestead, um, paid her a lump sum on top of that, and then was only on the hook. She was only about six years away from, I mean, this is like almost a 30-year marriage. So he, she was only like six years away from, from reaching a Social Security. So we bridged her alimony to when she took social security and it almost it, it almost canceled it out. So she settled off the hook, got him off the hook on the on the front end. So that was kind of a little bit of the alimony with with a pretty good sizable uh, financial uh, settlement. Gotcha. So, so it's a moral of the story maybe is keep an open mind. Like there are there are many avenues. Yeah, because you got to be flexible. And again, the guys may not know that there's so many different ways to skin the cat unless they have a financial specialist in, you know, on board with them through the process. Here's something I'm curious about, because I hear this, I see this uh, on occasion uh, in, in some of the support groups. Um, and I'm not, this isn't an attempt to call anybody out, because I, I couldn't remember the names anyway. But uh, there's some guys who'd be like, yeah, you, you need to, you know, hide your money, or you need to, you know, it seems like there's these sort of like uh, things that you need to do that maybe aren't quite on the up and up. Um, I, I think that's terrible advice, number one, but but that's just because I think 
the truth always comes out. And I think that uh, hiding and lying is going to bite you in the ass, especially um, in this process. But, you know, I could be wrong. But is there have you seen a lot of that? Is there um, is there ethical and and correct ways to shift monies around? Or is that just you're just going to screw yourself in the long run? Well, there is correct and ethical, but the term shift monies around would be in an equitable distribution format, not in a, a shady, try to hide, you know, and, and, right. and put it somewhere where she won't see it or he won't see it, whichever. Is that, po- is that let's, just, let's just talk plainly. Is that even possible? Can you hide money? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I don't, it's, it's not a topic that I would even venture into other than the fact that you asked me if, you know, I, I that with forensic, there are forensic specialists. I don't have that certification, but right. they are, they know what the hell they're doing, okay? So yeah. uh, my advice to the guys is don't even tamper with that kind of nonsense. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's not worth it um, because then you start crossing into some potential problems that could could lag on way beyond the, the divorce. Thing, yeah, so. no, I agree. And I, that's why I brought it up, not because I wanted to see if there are nefarious ways, but because I, I don't think yeah. that there are, but I'm not a financial planner at all. I don't know that from yeah. you know, um, my ABCs, but like, I, I just wanted to kind of reinforce that because I, I think it's it's a waste of time and, and like you said it could be detrimental to the long run of the process. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about best practices, uh, particularly post divorce. What are some of the things that you recommend guys do now that you know maybe uh, you know the retirements have been you know you paid out your everything's settled financially. Um, what are some of the the best things guys can do going forward? Be realistic about their lifestyles. Um, I think, uh, you know, now uh, talking about the guys, hey, listen, I'm a guy, I got an ego, and, you know, you want to look like, hey, this divorce didn't affect me a bit, guys. I am, you know, I am single and ready to roll, and, you know, I think you get caught up into spending money that you really don't have, Mm. and so it's really important that these guys get serious about budgeting the money. Um, and again, everything that I've been familiar with in the divorce case, men absolutely love their, their kids every bit as much as their wives. And so don't let anybody tell you anything different. And yep. the reality, though, is, is there's, a, there's a cost there. And sure. so it's not swinging singles a 25-year-old, you know, right. having a great time and not having to worry about having that little extra back there to care for the child that wants to go to summer camp or something. And then it's all like, well, that's not part of the agreement. You know, can you help out that? Yeah, you know, good and well, the guys would want to help out if they could. They don't want to be taken advantage of by the ex. But yeah, if it means it's going straight to my son or straight to my daughter to go to summer camp, heck yeah, I want to write a check for 200 bucks and be able to afford it. So manage manage their desires immediately following so they get a handle on what they're up against with now, you know, potentially two households, you know, right, having to... Yeah the alimony and then there's always surprises there's something that i mean you can try to plan for this stuff but there's always something that's going to come into play so from a financial standpoint um that's definitely uh something that i want to key them in on i'm looking and i have um then there's obviously uh, a post-divorce uh checklist that uh, i can i can send over i don't know if you can distribute that to the guys or what absolutely yep i mean if if you have it if if by chance you have it on the website or anywhere i can link it um or or i can i can send it out to to put it in the group as well i will 
I send that over to you. I don't have it on, on the website, but okay. I will send it over to you. But that's that's just some of the obvious stuff, True. but it helps people, um, you know, like making sure you put all your accounts in your name only, okay? Uh, okay. Reestablish things individually as your financial identity. A lot of times your financial identity has developed over time to where it's you and the spouse. Yeah. Make sure you notify your insurer unless, you know, something's built into um, the uh, divorce decree where you have to leave your ex-spouse on your life insurance. Uh, then obviously you don't want to die 10 years down the road and you may have a new, a new spouse or a new girlfriend, whatever that you don't want. You don't want your old insurance policy to go to your ex-spouse. Right. Uh, make sure that you organize all your documents get all your documents in place that you have a, you know, another, another family member designated to be able to find those documents instead of your ex-wife. Uh, we've already talked about budgeting. You probably nine times out of 10, they're all going to have to, probably 10 out of 10, they're going to all have to write a new will. I'm not an attorney, but I can rest assured that they might have to do a new will. If it's a complicated, more complex estate, they may have to do, you know, new trusts, whatnot. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about that. I want I want to specifically for like retirement accounts. Let's say you do have life insurance, um, and maybe you don't know this because maybe this is more of a legal question. But I'm curious. I'm sure you probably know. But like, um, for instance, I have some 401ks, right? And yeah, yeah. the beneficiary was my soon-to-be ex-wife. I've removed her. Now I don't have any beneficiary. But I can't. My, my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is like. If I put my children now who are not of age, the money would just go to my ex anyway because she's the guardian. Yeah, yeah, she's the guardian. So, is is it is it uh, almost a waste of if your intent is to make sure the money goes to the children only? Is it a waste of effort to put your children as beneficiaries? And if so, what is what do you do uh, to counteract that? Like what, what are the options you have to make sure that the money goes to your children only in the event of, you know, your, your passing? To be honest with you, um, that's a, it's a tough question because I know in respect to um, some disabled children that I've dealt with, there's what's called a special needs trust. Okay. Um, but um, I'm not sure on the retirement account, to be honest with you, I should know um, in respect to, um, yeah, because if you place a minor on right. um, you know, then then there's an issue. Um, let me let me find out and get back to you. Okay. I, I apologize. I, no, it's I, okay. I, I'm know. curious myself, and because it's yeah. what I'm currently dealing with. Because my my retirement fidelity keeps saying, "Hey, you don't have any beneficiaries. You really ought to designate somebody." And like, I don't I don't want to do it to my kids because it it just winds up in her hands anyway. So um, I I I'm yeah, I'm not sure if that means creating a trust but then I, I i assume that's probably that's probably definitely a legal question uh in terms of creating a trust well uh, here's the thing um, i mean obviously yeah attorney would have to drop the trust but see um and, and there's some fancy terms called a look look through provision and all that okay. i just off the top of my head i don't know if if um if it's even possible to keep in a minor's name in an inherited IRA, because I have a number of inherited IRAs. There are people at your age, my age, that their parents have passed and they inherited sure. their parents' IRA. You've thrown a wild card in there with the minor issue because um, even with the um, 
special needs trust, the one in particular I just dealt with, it's a child that's over 18, but he's not mentally capable mm. of handling the money. You see what I'm gotcha. saying? So there's, yeah. it's all these different dynamics. So again, I apologize for not that's having good. answer, but I'll, I'll get it for you. And if you do some kind of newsletter or whatever, you can reference our conversation. And it's a reason to have you back on. Ah, cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about budgeting and I, I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but um, do you recommend a, a QuickBooks or is there a certain program or is it just basically, you know, spreadsheet or what, how do you recommend creating and maintaining a budget? Um, there are so many apps out there. Um, yeah. uh, I think one comes to mind, Mint. Um, yep. You know, it's a free one. Um, there's, uh, you know, um, let's say Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey has all kinds of materials. He's more of a faith-based, but it's still, it's a sure. great, a great format. Um, yep. And, you know, I was talking to somebody, um, goodness, the guy's, 64 years old planning to retire in another year he's on the dave ramsey program and, and we were talking about different things for expenses he goes no i got an envelope for that i got I go, that's dave ramsey he goes yeah i can because i got it i we got we got cash waiting in that in that envelope if that happens because you know he, i was trying to make him make sure he understood they had to plan for that rainy day or for this you know the air conditioning unit to break down or whatever and uh, so um there are so many different formats out there. I'm not, I'm not what sure. Are, what do you use? Just out of curiosity. Um, for clients, I have, I have just a spreadsheet to help initially guide them, yep. help them get a handle on that. And see, normally um, through the divorce process, um, we've had to come up with those numbers anyway. And by the way, I mentioned to you that, you know, if, some of the guys needed to hire me just to help them with the financial affidavit. I mean, if just because you can't assume that, they, you know, their wife yep. could be handling all the finances and they just don't even know where to start. Yep. And to, to make sure that they're on a level footing with, with the uh, spouse, uh, I think they should have a professional assist through that process. Again, the financial affidavit, they're on the hook. They're, they're going to swear to it, but, you know, sure. accuracy and all that kind of stuff. But, hey, let's, let's face it. One of the guys who's swearing off on that, they want to know that it's right. Sure. And, uh, you know, that they're given correct, accurate information. So yep. I, I can certainly help in that. But for, for the initially, I just have an Excel spreadsheet that has it set up like a template. They yep. can plug in. And what it does, is I'm, it helps you remember things. Understand, oh, yeah, that's right. I do have I have pet insurance <laughs> <laughs> that I'm paying 30 bucks a month for that I forgot about. You know, so it's got all yeah. these things listed. But I, I got to believe that even like a meant QuickBooks, I think, would charge 10 bucks a month or something like that. So there's a Probably. charge. But there's a number, I, I got to believe, like the Fidelities of the world have a, a financial planning app that they could download onto their phone. It's not as important, and I, you know, no disrespect to your question, but it's not as important which one it is as sure. it is for them to plug in and set a discipline in place. And we alluded to that earlier, you know, about. Right. You know, you're not swinging singles, a, you know, 25, 28, spending whatever, you know, from paycheck to paycheck anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, very true. Uh, on that note, uh, savings is a, a pretty important thing. I think we can all agree. Uh, what, what are the, what are your and maybe the industry recommended standards? Like how much savings should one aim for? Uh, like what percentage of the income or what is the, what is the metric there? And, and what do you recommend? Well, 
I'm I'm probably a little bit more conservative in that department, but the industry will will range anything from three to six months of your expenses. Okay, gotcha. but that's that's a pie in the sky unless you know what your expenses are. You know, it's like so. So the reality of it is, is that uh, there's this horrible thing called tax. <laughs> Uncle Sam comes and puts his hand out, and you know, yeah. I, go, well, I know I'm making you know three grand a month. Well, right. guess what? There's only 2,300 that's hit, you know, whatever, hitting your account, you know? Right. Yep. So you need to take all those different factors into place. And uh, this, this spreadsheet that I have, I try to get people to put net figures in. So it's like, okay, if you're making right. three, put at the top number because it asks what your net income is. Put the 2,300. That's what you have to work with right. once you, you know, and I don't think the guys would, you know, fall into that trap of trying, you know, taking a gross sure. number versus a net number. I'm sure it happens. Yeah, I'm sure it happens. I, I don't want to, I don't, yeah, I don't want to assume anything. I, I want to sure. make sure that, you know, we can, we can just, you know, flush out any of the pitfalls that you potentially fall into. So, yeah. but again, they got to commit to it. And I know that sure. sounds like, um, you know, the bigger deal they make out of it, the more joy that the ex is going to get out of it. You know that, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. You know, depending on the circumstances of why the divorce is happening in the first place. But the reality is, I think I'd want to take it in stride like it's no big deal. And I mean, whatever you say when the door's closed and, uh, you know, you're having to deal with, you know, passing on on that uh, night with your buddies at the bar or whatever, you know, I, it's just, those are things you're going to have to deal with. It's going to come up and you're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to have that 300 bucks for the, for the summer camp when it comes up? Or am I going to go have a good time? But, you know, now I, you know, you got to weigh some of those things out. They, they'll, they'll, they'll find a groove once this thing gets rolling. And, you know, they've had a little time to put their feet on the ground. Well, and on that note, uh, speaking of dealing with it and, and uh, being uh, conscious of, of, what has happened to your life um the last thing i always ask uh, everyone doesn't matter who it is um is what would you what words of advice wisdom uh sympathy uh whatever would you would you give to a man who just got notified maybe just got served maybe he she just moved out or maybe he was asked to move out and basically he is now aware that his life is going to change completely what are some words of wisdom that you would impart to that gentleman well um you know i i am extremely blessed i've been married for 41 years and i my heart goes out to these guys so i don't want to come across at all like i i live some perfect life or anything you know i got my problems and you know my wife is with me in the shade you know uh, a couple of times where she's had to shake me, you know, and, and um, right. uh, I've never been served, but uh, the only the encouragement that I, I would have is that um, everything that I've heard, and again, depending on the circumstance, there could be abuse, sure. you know, there's all different exceptions yep. to the general rule. And the reality of it is, is that from the standpoint of your children and your financials uh, and just a peace, you know, your inner peace, uh, I would encourage them to do whatever they can to save their marriage. I'm not in the business of helping people get divorced. I'm yeah. in help, helping them through the journey that they basically have no other option, you know, at that right. point. Right. So uh, again, I don't want to, you know, it's easy for a guy that's been 41 years, you know, I, you right. know, 
it is, I can say it's easy, but the reality is, you know, I've had some challenges. We've had some, sure. part, you know, bumpy spots. So if there is any way, and obviously you're right in the middle of it, um, yep. and, you know, but it's, you know, the 401k becomes the 201k, you know, <laughs> and right. you know, rebuilding and all that. So I guess if there was words of wisdom, which is, you know, not any kind of, uh, you know, theology or anything, but I mean, if there was any way, obviously for your kids and whatnot, um, if there were not one of those circumstances I alluded to that would, would just, um, no, you know, time out, that, that's an irreversible issue, you know, issue, situation, whatever. But if there wasn't, I, I, you know, hey, fight for your marriage. That, that would be my challenge to these guys. You know, fight for your marriage, do what you can. I would be glad to help them any way I can. Um, I would say, obviously, I, you know, depending on the depth of that help, I'd have to charge something eventually. But um, sure. they want to hit me up. You'd put out my email address. I don't mind answering some quick questions and, you know, help them any way I can. Because as I alluded to, um, yes, I need to make a living, but the sure. reality is my wealth management business carries me. And, and um, based on uh, that particular loved one that I mentioned earlier, um, right. I really am in this to try to help people. Well, I appreciate that. And that's, I mean, that's why I had you on. Uh, I, I sense that from, you know, from the first conversation that we had um, that, you know, it, it wasn't just about, making a quick buck that does, I don't get that sense at all. And, and that to me is important because I think there are a lot of people out there that see the divorce and I'll call it an industry uh, and, you know, froth at the mouth and think about how they can capitalize. Um, and to me, it's, it's sickening. And I don't get that sense from you. You mentioned in the pre-interview, you know, you are a man of faith. So um, that doesn't make you um infallible <laughs> yeah infallible or immune from from yeah yeah from making mistakes uh you're a human like the rest of us but but the core uh from what, what i can see is is genuine concern and, and help and and um i i appreciate it uh personally uh i will definitely take some of what you said today and fly it to myself i can assure you uh, a lot of what i do is not just to help other folks it's to help me because i'm in the midst of it right now myself and uh, it's not an easy journey, period, uh, no matter whose decision or what the circumstance, kids, no kids. I think there are some circumstances where it is a bit harder, perhaps, but who can really quantify that? I mean, my heart is maybe easy to somebody else, right? It's, it's, it's really tough to say, but um, sure. the, the important thing is, is, is uh, like you said, just helping. And that's, that's why I'm here, and, and that's why I'm, I'm glad to have you here, and I appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you, Michael. That's it's everything that I've gotten out of you too, and that it's almost part of the healing process for you. Hundred percent, absolutely. That's really important. Yes, my faith is what carries me through those dark times. And sure. but there are other support groups. Not to push my faith on these guys, but yep. there are other support groups. There's uh, Celebrate Recovery, which has is a marriage marriage thing in there, or divorce recovery. I'm sorry, is part of that at our sure. church. And I mean, there are other support groups that are probably um, denominational, neutral, uh, and uh, not quite as faith uh, slanted. But sure. I think surrounding yourself, like what you're doing, is you're surrounding yourself around other people that are going through the same situation. Amen to that. Well, on that note, how do people find you? I found you on Instagram, but uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Is that the way? And if so, just uh, just give us all those details. Well, um, my email is is uh, William dot Sanders at divorce financial management. I know that's a mouthful. You can even shorten it to divorce FM. 
but william.sanders at divorcefm.com will work. Um, my Instagram is Divorce Financial Management. I can even give my phone numbers, 813-448-3668. I'm down in Tampa, but with Zoom and uh, the internet, it really doesn't matter where you're at in the United States, at least. I might have trouble, you know, uh, understanding some of the laws outside the U.S., but whatever I could do to, you know, help through the process, I'd be glad, and I'll get some of those additional materials over to you. Um, did I, I did I send you the the, the pre-divorce checklist? And the no, no, no. If you could, yeah, Any, anything you have, definitely send, and, and I'll get it out to the guys. But I don't think I don't think you have. Maybe maybe you did. Uh, things get lost shuffle pretty quick, but uh, I don't think so. Okay, no, I'll, I'll get that. I'll get that out to you. Okay. And also, I'll get an answer on the, the minors as beneficiary, and I'll include that in the same email. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bill. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk. No problem. All the best to you. Yep. Take care. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Well, that's a wrap for episode 40. Uh, again, I want to thank Bill for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. I want to address the things that he spoke about, some of the stuff that he said he was going to send me. He did, in fact, send me a before divorce financial checklist, a post-divorce financial checklist, and a sample budget template. I'm going to post those in the Discord server in the Financial Discussions channel. So you can uh, check that out there. As far as the beneficiary and minors and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to wait to address that. In a few weeks, I'll be interviewing another lawyer and I'll ask her about that. And that will be out probably in four to six weeks, I'm going to guess, maybe sooner, but that's my best guess at this point. So that is it for this one. As always, until next time, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Nick Coyle and Lifer for allowing me to use their song, Born Again, which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast. Thank you to Justin Delahanty and all of my brothers at the Alpha Code. Please reach out and connect with me and other like-minded men on the Facebook group page rising phoenix podcast this group will be used to discuss released episodes future episodes and to discuss any and all things that come from dealing with a divorce separation or breakup i look forward to connecting with you until next time take care of yourselves and take care of each other and remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday who sprinkle magic into your existence, just like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.